0: Alright, right, and this question comes from Chops, and Chops says, Hello, Pauline, James, and Steve. Hi, Chops. I was wondering if you guys could answer a question which isn't exactly personal, but relates to my life as if it was very meaningful to me. If so, here it is. My girlfriend, who's 24 years old, has anorexia. I am unsure of the nature of the diagnosis of anorexia nervosa, but what I can tell you is that she was hospitalised for it. If this was the case, am I fair to assume her particular case has a psychogenic causality embedded within it? She has told me it really never goes away and she still feels the urge to this day. Anyways, it got to the point where the doctor said if she kept on this path, she would not be able to have children. This was back when she was 18 and she has made a seemingly healthy recovery. However, at times it's disconcerting to me because she refuses to eat quite often. Sometimes when she is obviously hungry, her stomach growling. I'm unsure if this is normal for people diagnosed with anorexia. I'm also unaware of the negative potentialities associated with pregnancy in regards to an individual with anorexia. I guess, firstly, is there anything I can do or say in the most cautious, conservative manner possible to help, whether the method be somatic or psychological? If not, and if this is something I should leave alone, please let me know this as the alternative. I realise this may be impossible to properly assess without proper context, so I'll give you a little background. I hope it helps in any way. She has a cheerful and bubbly personality. Very extroverted, in my opinion. However, I would say she has a noticeable lack of confidence in herself. She's very agreeable and has a hard time being able to expound her thoughts. She just acquiesces other people's thoughts and ideas, even if I know they conflict with her own. She's an only child and has a strong religious background. Anything would be greatly appreciated, and I'm grateful you guys have presented the opportunity to ask questions in the first place. Thanks. Well, thank you, Chops, for your question. Thank you. you. What do you guys think?
1: Well, the the question obviously points towards there being some kind of psychogenic cause or or origin to the problem. Um, I was thinking about this recently, and with respect to eating disorders, we we, we tend to lump everything together. So, anorexia nervosa, bulimia, um, and you know any other disturbances that might be around food as, as one thing. But the more I think about it, the more I think about anorexia and bulimia in particular, almost as being separate conditions. And I, because I, we we always start with biology here on the team. Then mm. I'm tempted to think about Freud's concept, for example, of Thanatos, and that oh, okay. instinctive drive back towards an inorganic state, yeah. mm. and. It's probably something that isn't particularly considered in relationship to anorexia nervosa, um, because the the sort of the the superficial uh, or surface um, wisdom tends to be that people who have anorexia or bulimia, for that matter, are just using it as some kind of agency of control. And they are usually highly intelligent people, mm. and um, they're perfectionists. And this is the way they signal their distress psychosocially. Mm. So, um, the, the disruption in eating is, is a signal to people in, in their environment that they are suffering, and um, you know, it, it's a way that they, they try and get people to notice what they're going through. But for me, that, that's a very surface explanation for probably what is a, is a deeper issue. And I guess this is where I'd probably ask you on this one, James, because yeah. of your, your background in um, biology and genetics, as to what you think about Freud's concept of thanatos and, and that yeah. drive back towards an inorganic state and how it may relate specifically to anorexia.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's, there is there is a disconnect, and there has been for many, many, many years, between evolution and the genetic side of things. Yes. Like, there is research into both, especially in, like, smaller things like yeast and bacteria and, and stuff like that. But there's, there's a crossover, a small crossover. Mm. So to take the evolutionary stance for a second, we, we spoke about it recently, there seems to be a case that the genome of one individual has a backup option to, yes. to survival in that yes. it, it's like... Is it, this
1: Richard Dawkins? Yeah, the selfish gene model from yes. from,
0: from, from the um, 70s. Yeah. So you would think that one genome would want to survive, but if there are similar ones around it. That doesn't necessarily apply to anorexia, but it does imply that one genome doesn't have to survive, per se. It can mm. it could go yes. down into its offspring, or it can look after nice. friends and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But if you think about it, not not even symbolically, but what anorexia might be, is, yes. though is you take the whole suite of all the different disorders. Mm. It is a drive towards wasting away mm. Mm. It is. and so it is. I, I think you're right in terms of thanatos in that way but it's like who's it directed at yes in that way what yes. what purpose is it serving in a way because even things like anxiety disorders and, and even depressive disorders they can be considered to have some kind of biological purpose that just leads to maladaptation mm. right it's not as if they come out of randomness mm. so it's a confusing one and it's one that if i potentially go any further might cause some disruption if you know if you know what i mean yeah yeah so I would say it's probably directed at something else. Right. Oh, you know, that would make the most sense. Yeah. Yes. But if you go from
2: the biology to the psychosocial elements, yeah. then that's the context um, within which this person's thriving. Oh. And that has to be important as well. Oh, yes. Uh, and, of course, I'm sure we'd all agree, we shouldn't overemphasise the biology in case that goes off in a direction which ignores context. So yeah. Yeah. We'd, we'd need the proper context for that. Yeah. Phanatos, um, my experience of working with anorexics, um, one who'd been through just about everything uh, I, I worked with about 25 years ago. That's um, I worked with her for three or four years, I would say, on and off. Um, she'd been to the Priory in London. She'd had all of the top private uh, healthcare you could imagine. Uh, she came from a wealthy background and her anorexia had kicked in at eight, aged eight. Mm-hmm. And she was in the mid to late 20s, that period anyway, when I saw her. Uh, and on her initial referral uh, to me, she already looked as if, frankly, she'd been through a concentration camp. She was at that level of degradation, if you like, biologically. Yes. And working with her, analysing her dreams, um, you could see that there was definitely, at that point, a psychoid element um, it had gone, whatever it, it's caused of origination, it, it had crossed the boundary. It had gone from psychology, even psychosocial, down into biology. And she was in a catabolic state yeah. of degradation, which you could say was phalytos. And she was determined, basically, to put herself into that state of uh, base, just basically becoming nothing, becoming part of the, the background, part of the environment again. It, it's mm. it's uh, Yeah. An incredible thing to witness, really.
1: It, it is, and and just picking up on what you say there, Steve. This it's almost like this idea of of going back into the environment and it, almost in an ecological state yeah. of being recycled. Yeah. Access. there will be probably a symbolic element to that mm. as well because what 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 would that mean for an individual to be recycled it's like yeah. almost an idea the idea yeah. of starting again yes um in some other yeah. form yeah but it's very rarely looked at in that way no
2: because uh, obviously it's potentially highly suggestive yes. and dangerous um, yes. to suggest to someone that yeah that can be understood as a motive because Mm -hmm. once you understand fanatos as a motive Mm -hmm. by nurturing it through Mm -hmm. suggestion with someone you're working with, you can, I believe anyway, potentially push them in that direction. Yes. And working with this girl, I did everything I could to oppose it, not directly because that would um, induce a resistance and could have made it worse. Mm -hmm. I did everything I could to nurture life and, yes. and moving towards life focusing on all the positives that this, this young woman had she was a great musician she for was. example she was intelligent yes um, but she
1: studied the classics hadn't she she could just... speak Latin oh yeah
2: yeah. she was so well she educated she well um, but she'd pushed herself to that point where mm. it was inevitable and I I personally bore if you like the uh, the inner intuition that this was Thanatos acting itself through mm. yes And there was nothing probably i could do about that but i did everything i could not to communicate that to her yes because if you think about it there will come a point where it's at least unconsciously also suggestive to Mm. someone Mm. whether they get confirmation in that belief from a therapist or from anyone else that they are doing that they're destroying themselves once it's mythologized into something like phanatos um you're, th- you're then giving it almost a religious, as I think you were saying, yes. Paul, uh, uh, a religious uh, quality, mm. which can justify it through elevation that they are going through a religious process of a return back to an inorganic state. Yeah. If that person, and it wasn't the case of this young lady, for example, was someone from an Indian culture, then that culture, which involves rebirth, mm. might well you know uh, in as- su- also suggestive sense, allow that person to push themselves even further and faster yeah. It's possible, and it really does show the suggestive power of myth um of unconscious symbols that kind of thing and you obviously as a therapist, you need to evaluate very very carefully whether you're actually helping someone to destroy themselves um even when it's inevitable and this girl did eventually die yeah. she suffered complete organ failure and yeah. and it was impossible to reach it, Everybody had tried.
1: That was probably uh, part of the problem, Steve, because she'd been through so many processes before she even got to she you. She
2: had. She had. And, and there were psychosocial issues to do with the family. There were. But, yeah. and I think this is important, that there was nothing extraordinary about her family circumstances insofar as many people have the kind of family complex that she had. Um so i wouldn't say that that was causal it was just something that was contemporary or coterminous with it so in other words you know people will have the same kind of family dynamics and will not go in that direction towards this return to the inorganic state that you see so often with anorexia and its terminal yes. stages yes but the quality that emerged from it i would say you could define theoretically as being phanatos without a doubt in the same way that young men will throw their
0: lives away in wars yes. well, that's what I wanted to ask yeah. you about actually because yeah. if you consider something like suicide you could say mm. that that could be a desire to recycle then you mm. and you've got the guys saying the trenches in world war 1 both of those things are immediate things but yeah. anorexia is not an immediate thing yes. so it's like it's, it, so it's like thanatos but a thanatos almost like with a in somebody probation. help me yes.
1: perhaps yes. you know like yeah.
0: uh, does it i mean obviously my clinical experience is far more limited than yours too. does it tend to be more in women that anorexia shows up. It, it does. It does. Yeah. there are more so and more there, men. There could be, but yeah. there are yeah. men who yeah. suffer from it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, is it, is, yeah. would there be a reason why that would be slow motion then? Like, why? Why would Thanatos? Because, pick because speed. it's well, it's
2: probably a progressive condition that if it's tackled early enough, you could head it off. But yes. it reaches a point, and this is Jung's idea about the psychoid unconscious. Mm. And it, it reaches a certain point when. It's not even the, collet- I, I would say, it's no longer <laughs> even the collective unconscious in a Jungian sense that you, you're you dealing with. It's it's deeper than archetypes. This is something that's outside of anything that's human at that level. Um, and you could then talk about, you know, some people would say a panpsychism kind of idea, and then you, you could get into, say, uh, Hindu ideas about rebirth and, and, and so forth. But where do all of those ideas come from? That's a metaphysical question, but there seems to be a point with some of them, those who push it that far that they they cross out of pure psychology and into something else. And that's what I meant about descending lower than just the collective unconscious. We did lots of archetypal work with it. Lots and lots of archetypal yes. work that with just about anyone else could have been used to create a vessel to, to lift that out from that. But once Phanatos took a hold, um she was unreachable and resigned to it. She'd gone through all the usual phases that you see with anorexics, where they disguise their weight, they drink a lot of water, they yes. do all, all sorts of tricks and they're mm. all familiar with it. Mm. They compete with one another when they're in that phase anyway um, to destroy themselves more quickly than the other uh, that you know, uh, other people of their peer group, if I can call them that. Mm. Um, she'd gone through all of that and for a a couple of years we managed to keep her sustained uh infrequent contact but nevertheless with some contact but i could see from the dreams that she was reporting uh, and her fantasies her active imagination that without a doubt Something which had nothing to do either with her individual psychology, with her family and her social environmental relationships. Something deeper than that. Deeper than the ordinary narrative myth level of archetypes was at work. And yeah. only the concept of Thanatos could probably describe it. And she just disappeared over that event horizon back into an inorganic state. Tragic. Mm. But she'd had that condition for maybe 20 years by then. Yeah. Uh, And certainly uh, for 18 years, 16 to 18 years, before uh, I managed to um, attempt to help her the best that I could. Mm. I couldn't. At that point, it was too far gone. That's an extreme case.
1: It is. It's a very extreme case. It is. And clearly from... from, the question um this particular gentleman's experience things aren't anything like no. as bleak as that no, because no, this no. particular young lady still is obviously, happy it's and, obviously yeah, yeah. made a, a very yeah. very good recovery um and and that's important to hold on to i mean even if you go back to freud's idea like i say of, of thanatos there's still eros in there oh, so, there is, yeah. so mm. yeah. uh, it just depends on on um what model you want to use to explain what you're yeah. looking at yeah. but if, if you can catch that, if you can catch that life force, mm. that libido, um, that energy for life, and, and use it productively, then I think there can be great healing as well. D- there
2: can, that needs to be earlier on, I, I would say. Definitely, we, 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 yes. We, we tried this with this young lady and that did sustain her for a while yeah. and then the battle started, yeah. but the, the drive towards returning to an inorganic um. state was too <laughs> strong, it overrode everything. Yes. Uh, did everything we we possibly could, and obviously we treated other people with eating disorders: with bulimia, yeah. earlier stage anorexia, obesity, yeah. mm. all of them. Uh, and this was um, the most extreme case, mm. but sometimes they they highlight dynamics in, in their clearest form. Yeah. Uh, but for for this uh, young man and his relationship, it is different. It's his earlier on. Um, And there are all sorts of things that contribute to that condition. And you have to be really careful about how you assess that and how you reach that person in order to bring them away from that event horizon, Mm. which will otherwise loom for some people.
1: Mm. As you're speaking, Steve, I'm thinking about bulimia as well, because Mm. that like I said at the start, that almost seems to be a very different condition in terms mm. of what's driving it. And it's almost as if it's it's more akin to a form of addiction yeah. than anything yeah. else because of the, the binging and the purging that goes with it. Mm. Yeah. And um, it, I think you can see that very clearly with bulimia. Mm. I mean, sometimes, obviously, you get a combination of both. You it do. does happen yeah. Yeah. um not that frequently but it does happen yeah but there, beyond that though it does seem to be almost like they're separate conditions
2: yes yeah that, that's it isn't it uh, from a medical point of view things mm. tend to get lumped together they do um, yes and that does take away the individuality of a person and their context yes and that it's usually where psychotherapy at its best mm. comes along because they have the time to focus on mm. the whole situation for that person. Yes. Um, but yeah, a- addiction. You know, uh, addictive behaviours can, on the darker side, tend towards fanatos. Um, I've seen alcoholics destroy themselves True. progressively. Yes. Um, and they can very often be very nice, warm, uh, effervescent people. Yes,
1: we've known um, them. Haven't we, we have. We have been that way. Yes.
2: But they nevertheless yeah. have that other side which. Yeah. Sometimes can cross over that boundary into phantos, mm-hmm. and then that's it. They're gone. That's, At that yeah. point, you, you can see them beginning to vanish yes. to a single point, and then eventually go. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, it's yeah. an absolute tragedy.
1: Well, you've made in, in talking in that way, it's made me think about the um, the sort of infamous case of somebody like George Best, the footballer. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, even after a, a liver transplant, I think he had two actually two yeah. liver transplants, and nonetheless carried on 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 that destructive path. Yeah. So, uh, as you say, Steve, for someone like that, the the the, the intention mm. or the you know the yeah. the drive is still towards Sanatos quite clearly. Yeah. Despite how much. Help that they're offered
2: and, yeah. and given. So yeah, but it's it's organic and hence therefore yes. psychoid, yes. truly organic, not in the psychiatric sense of saying somebody has an organic, you know, uh, yeah, psychotic depression or, or, or yeah. that kind of thing or yeah. the primary disturbances in a neurotransmitter or, or mm. the balance thereof. It's different. It's almost at a genomic level that it becomes organic, mm. and yeah. this other thing kicks in, and it's extremely difficult to help. But with this chap though, he, he's not there no that relationship is not there so it's important to see that whole context
1: very much so but the fact that he's even asked the question yeah. and he's showing interest um bodes very well for the relationship as well because he yes. obviously has a keen interest in in helping his girlfriend and, and understanding and a love for, and a love for her, her yeah. and and to understand as completely as he can what it is that she's gone through and also anticipating what problems might be a- ahead for her or for them as a couple so they I think that bodes very well yes it does even if there the, there's other stuff that. Were, we're not so uh, well aware of in, in her background uh, sort of psychosocially with respect to her family constellation and uh, her religious beliefs and we only have kind of a hint of, of, of what they are I think nonetheless the fact that he's, he's em- embracing this and, and wanting to understand so much about it is it, it's going to be good for the relationship
2: It is. Yeah. We're also down. so
1: he's going to play a very very important part in yeah in, in her sustaining her recovery yeah. going forward
2: Yeah, a lot of it's going to be relational. Um, Yes. The people around her and how they relate to her, not just superficially, but in terms of whatever complexes she may have that she's acquired through her life that form a background, a kind of shadow, should we say a reflection might be a better term, of those complexes in particular that are attached to her self-concept, her self-esteem, and who or what sustains them. Because sometimes it's extrinsic to her as, Uh, In this case, perhaps as an individual, the psychosocial relationships may be sustaining those complexes, perhaps even inadvertently. And then there's the internal uh, self-sustaining behavior, thoughts, feelings and so forth that, that a person has to invest in their complexes in order to sustain them. Uh, and in everyday life the best way to deal with them is through the right
0: kind of relationship to that person so I was thinking about how, yep. how critical that could be because if yep. you if this is like a directed thing mm-hmm. like I'm just building this little model up in my head if, yeah. if, if it is kind of directed then it first of all it actually really highlights how different this is to say something like CBT and I know yeah. it's a little meme on, on the channel, but mm. you're going right mm. down to the genome and saying mm. that under certain conditions, presumably psychosocial in origin, the genome has a will to recycle. Yes. And that what well, that's quite scary, to be honest. It's really, really, yeah. really based. Mm-hmm. So if it's like, if those complexes and things which the genome says, okay, this should not be worthwhile, not only you know Mother Nature's resources, but also the rest of the tribe, if you think mm. about it phylogenetically, yes. yeah. to fix it, then yeah. the slow descent with anorexia could... I would presume anyway be fixed by the tribe saying we will help you oh yes yes Yes. and it's like because that then I presume that was you know psychosocial down to the genome switch it right off yes yeah you know because you're no longer a burden if you continue to live on the rest of the tribe absolutely the problem we've got now is that the tribe
2: is different to it would how it would have been even a century or two ago, uh, our social networks are far more complicated. The influences through negative suggestion are far stronger than they used to be. Uh, people's sense of identity has been eroded, uh, their role, all of that. Uh, and so people then who are vulnerable will feel that way. And then, as you say, there'll be a regulating mechanism at some point that decides it's better to recycle than yeah. to continue. And it's not just an anorexia that you'll get that. You get that in wartime. You, you get it with sp- some forms of depression hence su- suicide rates and we're seeing that now yes um where people believe for whatever reason that the recycle option is better than to continue on yeah. mm. uh, and the pathology for that is cultural and social without a shadow of a doubt so if the pathology is there then if you fix it at the social level as you're saying james yes. that will feed back
0: down but, but is, is there an age at which this stuff might kick in for people I presume you wouldn't get anorexical bulimic small 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 children uh, well you can't
1: get young children you okay, seven yeah. eight years old well the one I mentioned it? was eight yeah. years old okay yeah. so that's yeah.
0: that's that's interesting because yes. that's when women might start to enter into puberty as yes. well so if she, she did yes. she, she she was, was,
1: if it's an early puberty. she, she had have an have early puberty she, she came she yeah. started
2: at a periods yes. age eight well, and that was the trigger yeah yeah so there's a biological precociousness if you like there and then there was the reaction psychologically within herself then the psychosocial reactions to that Mm. Um, and she just wasn't ready for it Um, so she was out of sync then both with her biology her psychology and her environment and all three of them then added up to produce this long slow decline Um, the kind of help she got was expensive it was high status Mm. but it was ineffective and that ran for years so there was a continual reinforcement of failure in terms of intervention So by the time she got to someone who had a Jungian approach who could probably have helped her, it was perhaps too late. And I don't mean that specifically about me. I mean, anybody who was sufficiently well informed about Jung who had gotten to her earlier probably could have created the right kind of therapeutic vessel to bring about change through the notion, the concept of archetypes. Because... Archetypes as we experience them, psychosocially, are vessels, they're vehicles for transformation. They can contain instinctive forces appropriately and bring about change. That's the therapeutic value of them. Mm. As a psychosocial, a cultural and interpersonal narrative, that's why we have films, that's why we have soap operas even, that's why we have fiction, that's why we have myths. They're healing systems which are embedded psychosocially that act out narratives that reflect the genome's intentionality Mm. and healing. Mm. So it's at that level that archetypes are healing.
1: So how old was, was she, still when she died, this lady? She's about 28. Remember? Which, again, it, we know yeah, we start to say it's a tripwire, age, yeah. isn't it's it, for a no, lot of women? A, yeah, yeah yes. the re- a reproductive A reproductive one. One.
2: tripwire, yeah. I mean, yeah. She, was, she was attracted to, to boys, um, and she formed social relationships, but never a sexual relationship. It never happened for her in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, That'll, do, so, it. That'll yeah, do it. Yeah, so exactly. There was enough mm-hmm. of that there. She hadn't withdrawn her Eros sufficiently to not want to engage, she just couldn't for whatever reason yes. because that darkness within her uh-huh. in the form of the shadow of Thanatos had, had crept right through and pulled her down yeah. uh, into the materiality of her being at such a, a molecular level. It was um, a sad thing to see. It, it was a, a desperately sad thing to see.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I guess to, to answer the guy's question, um, what can be done?
2: Well, in this case, a lot, Um, and that's very positive. We've obviously focused on the darker side Mm. of things, although we have mentioned, obviously, there's a lot that can be done. When I I mentioned relations and relational issues, that's where the key will be because it's the psychosocial dimension that you will see most of the disturbance being expressed with someone who has an eating disorder because they they conceal such a great deal, you never see it internally in them because they tend not to share what's going on on the inside it's in their manifest relationships to the environment and to other people that you see the symptomology beginning to appear first then you'll see the organic changes begin to happen with weight loss uh, and so forth so in that sense the psychosocial dimension is where he could do the most and i'm sure he's motivated to do that Mm. that. yes yeah yeah, Building up her self-esteem will be the most important thing that he can do through relationship to her and by yeah. managing the psychosocial relationships, mm-hmm. because that then will trigger the genome appropriately towards um, proper fulfilment of her potential. Oh, hugely important to do that psychosocial, definitely.
1: Mm. And and we've we've been given the um the clue too that she's she's bubbly and she's yeah. outgoing. So that that's an advantage really, because yes. uh, people who are naturally outgoing obviously have a more of a connection to life psychosocially. They they just do, and I think in this situation that'll be an advantage. Yes,
2: it will. It it will indeed. Lots of people get through anorexia and they bulimia. Do. They do. And it goes yes. and they have a rich and fulfilling life. They, yes. they have families. They do. Uh, all of that can happen. Yeah. So uh, don't be in too much fear about it. Yeah. But obviously use your love for her to reach out to her. Yes. And help her particularly with her self-esteem, her self-concept and her sense of value, purpose and meaning in life.
1: I mean a lot of women women find that um when they become pregnant and they have children that it actually it it sorts the anorexia out yeah. in terms of them coming to terms with, with their body and and the fact that the and their their femininity at a deep level. Um and you know, there's no reason why uh, the doctors like to instill fear don't they in people they like to give the worst case scenario and suggest that you know um, fertility might be at risk here and that she might not have children and all of those kinds of things but that's that's not borne out really in real life because lot of women who've had anorexia, some who are still going through it, yeah. do get pregnant and have children. Yeah. And, you know, th- th- we, know still, such cases. we do. And they still manage to to sort everything out. And, and have them. several
2: children. Yes, also, they? they
1: do. Yes. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, So there's a lot of hope. So uh, I hope we weren't being too dark <laughs> there by talking about Phanatos. Um, I don't believe that that applies in your case at all.
1: No, No. it's just to give a a more complete perspective on things. Otherwise, when you're talking about eating disorders, you never really get off the surface with them. And and everything seems to just revolve around talking about people's self-esteem and levels of confidence and Mm. control and and, and so on. And obviously, uh, as well, correcting... um, for the dysfunction in eating so that yeah. they maintain a, a normal weight and all those kinds yeah. of things. So it's yeah. just to try and give it well, a more complete Control
2: picture. very often is, is more about pathology than it is about health. Uh, when, if you think about it, it's... Uh, I mean, yes. you know, in the sense that, that you meant it, but in, in the sense that, yes, it's emphasised an awful lot that yeah. these people are perfectionists and yes. they must have control. that's right. Well, no, I, I disagree with that. Um, I, I think that that's more of a manifest pathology in the sense that someone has had a sense of losing control and it's the only control that they can have is to regulate their weight. Yes. And then perhaps, uh, as you were suggesting, James, to to aim the the symptom at a target Mm. in order to change other people. Mm. That's an observation Freud made very early on Mm. uh, about a lot of different uh, kinds of uh, human distress and suffering. Uh, The control element is really an engagement. And if you have an engagement with life where you have enough space and access to things, control as a concept is not an issue. It's if those things are taken off you that you seek, you strive for control of your own environment because other people are controlling you. And I've heard you say this many times, Paul, in the past um, about that. Yeah, uh, it's 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 one of those words. It is an and, unfortunate and word, isn't an, it? It's an unfortunate yeah. phrase, and you mm. can also weaponize it.
1: Oh, you can indeed.
2: Either way, yes, you, you can suggest to someone you must have control, and then wind them up to go out and seek it, and then they aggressively attempt to control their environment, and it can be through the expression of a symptom, or you can you can say that you are under the control of others, and you have no control in your life. This kind of thing. And I said, oh control no, I just want to relate. If you relate in a balanced way, everything settles out. Everything starts to form properly, so if you 're feeling that you 're out of control in your life, it 's probably because of other people are not facilitating you enough. Yeah. that's not to inflate a person by saying that because we all have to have responsibility for our actions and our boundaries and, and so forth, but it 's one of those words which can be weaponized
1: mm, very much so. I think my emphasis has yeah. tended to be that. It's not necessarily a bad thing because no. it, cause it's the opposite thing that tends to be pushed. That yes. if you want control, that yeah. somehow there's something wrong with you. Everyone, to some extent, wants to feel in control of themselves and their I, that's, environment. That's it, point. It, yeah. It's completely yes, normal yeah. to yeah. want that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.